Good morning. So nice to be here. I haven't, uh, I haven't preached from this stage yet, so I'm just taking a moment to look around and, and see what it looks like. Hi. <laughs> Today is a day of prayer at reality, which I think is fantastic. Thank you so much. And we are in a study of Jonah during Lent, and we've gotten up to the place where Jonah has been swallowed by a fish, and he's going to pray. Now, with the story of Jonah, we've been talking for the last couple of weeks about how the story does not mean what you think it means. Jonah is not really just a humble prophet of God. And Jonah is not simply a pop-up book where Jonah gets to meet and become friends with a whale. The story of Jonah is not even a VeggieTales movie, although I did go back and watch it, and it still is a great movie, and I will try not to sing any of the songs (laughs) from it, but no promises. The book of Jonah is kind of like satire. You know, it's not... It's not like other books in the Bible. It's kind of a joke. It's kind of like a Monty Python skit in some ways. Um, but we're we're getting to uh, to chapter two, and we're going to go ahead, going to go ahead and uh, read the uh, the prayer that Jonah makes within the belly of the fish. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, and I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever, yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. I don't know what's going on with that prayer, honestly. Um, Because we we heard some psalms before, and those were pretty fantastic. I'm not sure where Jonah's coming from. Maybe I just didn't do a good job reading it. Nick, would you like to come up here and, I don't know, like try this again? Maybe like how Jonah might have done it, maybe with some feeling. What do you think? Yes. What do you think? You up for that? Do you have a microphone? Uh, we do have a microphone. 
Sure, why not? This is definitely impromptu. Yeah. Totally impromptu. <clears throat> Which is why you have a sheet of paper in your pocket. Right, right. All right. Um, starting at the, be the beginning of the prayer? Yep, take it from the beginning. All right, can you hear me all right? Test, test, test. Okay. <clears throat> then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Thank you, thank you. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall look again upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head at the roots of the mountains, yes. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought me up, my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who, pay vain, those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love, but I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and the fish vomited Jonah upon the dry land. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jonah. That was nice, wasn't it? But it still wasn't the same. Like that, what was going on there? It, filled, it was filled with beautiful flowery words that had big language and uh, it still didn't hit quite the same. Um, I think that we're going to take, we were gonna take some time and we're gonna unpack kind of what's going on in that prayer, uh, but first we should pray. Lord, thank you so much for bringing us together today. Thank you for the privilege of uh, standing up here and speaking, please let my words be your words, God. Speak through me today. In Jesus' name, amen. Jonah's prayer was more of a performance. But he's in the belly of a fish, right? So there must be an interesting story on how he got into the belly of a fish. So let's do a recap. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about what's been going on with Jonah. Jonah is a prophet of God. And one day God said to Jonah, hey, I need you to go to Nineveh, that big, scary city, and I need you to preach to them that they need to change their ways. And Jonah said, I'm not going to Nineveh. Nineveh is 500 miles across the desert. I'm gonna get a boat and I'm gonna go 2,500 miles to Tarshish. And so that's what he did, he hopped on the boat, but things did not work out the way that he thought that they would. Uh, he fell asleep in the bottom of the boat, huge storm comes, and the sailors, the mariners, they go down and they wake him up, wake up, sleeper, what are you doing? They were convinced that to have a storm like this, somebody must have angered their gods, 
And so they cast lots to find out who it was. Turned out it was Jonah. And Jonah admitted it. He said, you're right. I am a prophet of God, the God that created the earth and the seas. And I'm running away from him. He's sent this storm. The only way to stop it is to throw me in the water. And so that's what they do. And the moment that they throw him in the water, the sea is calm, the storm goes away, and they praise God. Jonah, of course, is dropping into the water like a stone, and he gets swallowed by a fish. All right, so we're all caught up. We've been doing some, some prayer today. We've been talking about it, and it's great. But this prayer, this prayer seems kind of off to me. I mean, let's face it, it made a fish puke. So why is that? What was wrong, potentially, <laughs> with this prayer? You didn't think you were going to hear people say puke that much in church today, did you? But it's the day for it. So first off, what's going on with his prayer? It focused too much on his own actions. If you look at the Psalms, you'll, you'll notice that a lot of times People are talking about what they're doing, but they, use, they end up using the word me a whole lot more than the word I. Because often they're putting God as the subject of the sentence. God is the one who is taking actions. God is the, things do, the one doing things. Or they're asking God to do things. But Jonah is talking about all of his achievements in this prayer. So let's actually compare that with something else. Let's compare that to a psalm. Psalm 69. We're going to pick it up at verse 12. I am the talk of those who sit in the gate, and the drunkards make songs about me. But as for me, my prayer is to you, O Lord. At an acceptable time, O God, in the abundance of your steadfast love, answer me in your saving faithfulness. Deliver me from sinking in the mire. Let me be delivered from my enemies and from the deep waters. Let not the flood sweep over me or the deep swallow me up or the pit close its mouth over me. Answer me, O Lord, for your steadfast love is good. According to your abundant mercy, turn to me. Hide not your face from your servant, for I am in distress. Make haste to answer me. That doesn't need some slam-beat poetry performance behind it to make it impactful. David is pouring his heart out, and he's calling out to God in a difficult time. You can see that Jonah has taken uh, pieces of this psalm in addition to other psalms and incorporated those into his prayer, but it's just not as effective because the heart is different and because Jonah is placing himself as the actor, the prime mover. So what else is going on here? Second, Jonah's prayer wasn't true. He was trying to gaslight God. Good luck with that. He used phrases like, when you cast me into the deep and when I was driven away. He didn't do those things. 
He, he wasn't driven away. He ran away as far as he could possibly get from God. And then he hopped on a boat. And then when everything was done, when everything was said and done, it was the sailors who cast him into the deep because he said that they should. So God didn't cast him into the deep. He and the sailors cast him into the deep. If it was up to God, he would have gone on his mission, on about his mission. So it wasn't true. And finally, I mean, it was overly dramatic. <laughs> you know, prayers don't need to be overly dramatic. They can be. But you know, when I, when I look at and compare Jonah's prayer to the psalm, the psalm made sense the first time I read it. Uh, I must have read Jonah's prayer five or six times before I understood where he was going with weeds and mountains and bars and roots. It was kind of like word salad, and it felt like he kind of threw it together there. It was kind of a bad knockoff of a psalm, honestly. But I'm being really critical. I don't want to be critical. I want to turn the corner and not be critical. Uh, because no prayer is perfect. No, no one of us is perfect. We always have mixed motives and emotions and things like that when we pray, and that shouldn't stop us. So fourth, it was only a prayer of thanksgiving, which is odd because he's still inside of a fish. So was this your destination? <laughs> it's like, thank you for delivering me inside of this stinky belly of a fish. You know, was that the goal? Um, it didn't include things like penitence. He wasn't, he, he wasn't repenting. He didn't apologize for running away from God. He didn't apologize for, you know, almost costing the lives of the people on the boat. And where he was, he wasn't asking for God to, to guide his path or guide his hand as he went forward. He's not asking God for anything else. It was just, oh, thank you so much that I was smart enough to think of God as I was falling to my death through the, the, the depths of the ocean. It kind of missed the mark. And this is one of those stories in the Bible that kind of foreshadows Jesus, or it kind of feels it, it's very familiar. And we, uh, we talked a little bit about this last week, about sort of the, some of the similarities between Jonah and Jesus, and how they have similar stories in a sense. You know, Jonah, fell asleep in the bottom of a boat during a storm. Reminds us of that time that Jesus fell asleep in the inside of a boat in a storm. And in both cases, the other people on the boat uh, kind of shook him awake. But when Jesus woke up, he said, why are you afraid? And he calmed them and he calmed the storm. Jonah freaked out even more than the other people on the boat. 
He didn't calm their hearts. He didn't have compassion for them, really. He responded in, in fear. And so their, their hearts were very different at that moment. Uh, and then also, Jonah ended up you know, going down into the water. He describes it as the depths of Sheol and spent three days inside of a fish. It reminds us of when Jesus would spend about three days inside of a tomb. But what was the state of heart before, during, and after the ordeal that each of them had? Jonah was defiant, and then he was afraid, and then he was relieved. Jesus was, had love and compassion the entire time. Very different states of heart between Jonah and Jesus kind of throughout those entire experiences. You know, we find out later on, we hear later on in the text, we're gonna hear a lot more about how Jonah feels about Ninevites, but it's not good. Uh, he hates them and fears them, and maybe he should because they're, you know, a war-mongering people. But that state of heart is very different. And so, as we go through the series, we call it Jonah in the mirror. It's Lent, it's a good time for self-reflection. And as we look in the mirror, are we going to see, do we see more of Jonah or more of Jesus? It's a good time for us to stop and reflect. And I'll start. Am I like Jonah? I ask myself. Am I running away from God? Do I have hatred in my heart for other people? Am I stuck in the belly of a fish? Is that why everything stinks so bad? <sighs> no, no, that's, that's not quite it. You know, I can relate to being in the belly of a fish. Actually, the, the past few months have been really tough for me at work, and I've really felt like I was in the wrong place, kind of for the wrong reasons, but I start a new job on Monday, so praise God for that. And I don't have hatred in my heart for people. You know, there's some people that I'm angry at in certain times, and I try to work on that, and certainly plenty of annoyance sometimes, but it's not, it's not hatred. What I struggle with in connection with other people is fear, actually. I'm often afraid or intimidated or concerned with what other people are going to think of me or what they're going to say or do, um, especially if I speak my mind. You know, if I say what I'm really thinking in situations, 
I wonder what people are going to do. Um, you know, if you wanted to stick with the water analogy, you know, I'm not really in the belly of a fish. I think maybe I'm more inside of a shark cage. <laughs> you know what I mean by a shark cage? Like on Shark Week, where the divers are hanging out inside of that big steel cage and they're shooting video. And, uh, you know, the sharks are swimming around and every now and then they're taking a big old bite out of the bars. And, you know, I don't even know if there really are sharks out there. I just kind of imagine that there are. Because I kind of hear so much about it and... You know, I have to wonder, am I really, really going to get canceled or shunned if I point out that various emperors are wearing no clothes? You know, is that, is that healthy? Is that a good place where we, and I don't know, anybody relate to this, right? Where there's certain things that you can't talk about that are like, political or financial or health-related. Like, even now, I don't feel comfortable saying exactly the things that I'm talking about because I, that I feel like I can't comment on. I'm just, I'm just up here shaking the bars of my shark cage right now, you know, ready to pull my fingers back in case any sharks swim, swim by. But I will, I will give you one example. I'll give you one example of a time when God did call me to swim outside of my shark cage, which I did. So it was January of 2022. Uh, I was at a community council meeting uh, with our high school. And uh, the meeting there, the gathering, it was still during the time where uh, everyone was wearing masks, and they wore masks the entire time. It was required that everyone do that. Um, in, up to and including points where people were standing up in the front like I am now, like speaking to the crowd more than six feet away, still had a mask on. And uh, for me, you know, I was having difficulty uh, understanding what people were saying. Um, I found it very distracting. Um, and towards the end of the meeting, it came my time to talk, and I felt called. I had just previously, one day previously, in a quiet time of meditative prayer, uh, I had gotten a message, I believe, from God, and I'll, I'll read that to you, which I wrote in my journal. Um, it said, you were made in my image. Do not cover it up. Flash your smile, eyes alone are not enough. Share your light, show your love, share your love. Many people today are lost. The ones who would cover other people's faces need love more than anyone. Help them find their way. And so with that message very firmly in my mind, when it came my time to speak, I got over there in front of the crowd and I, I took my mask off and I looked around and I smiled and I tried to catch 
every single person's eye. I tried to make contact with every single person in the room. And I said, I took my mask off just now because I wanted you to see my face, my smile. I wanted you to understand me. I wanted you to know that I have hope and faith that soon we will get black get back to a place and time in our community where we can gather again without masks. And I only spoke for a minute or two, and as I was going down to, to sit down again, immediately someone came up to, you, to me and said, I really need you to put that mask back on right now. And I did. It was just a little nibble. It wasn't a big shark bite. But the point is that God calls us to do things and our hearts need to be in the right place as we do those things. God called Jonah to do something incredibly difficult. He wasn't ready to do it. God calls us to do things that are hard sometimes. But you know what? What's really lucky? I'm not a prophet. And God doesn't give me commands. God gives me invitations. He invites me to be part of his plan. But God's plan does not depend on my following through and doing that. But if I got out of my shark cage and swam around more often, I'm, I'm pretty sure that my life would be better. And I'd be, you know, taking those invitations. And God can protect me from those sharks. So what should we do when we are afraid or intimidated by situations? We should pray. (laughs) We should pray earnestly. And so, you know, Jonah kind of missed the mark on his prayer, perhaps. But we can learn from that, and we can pray differently. So if Jonah's prayer was not the greatest, what can we do? How can we do it better, necessarily, possibly? First off, praying the Psalms is great. It's great to emulate them as well. It's great to have pieces of them come to mind. And if you don't know what to pray, you can always find something great to pray through the Psalms. A fun exercise actually is to try and write your own Psalm. So use kind of that style, but then to, you know, use your own life circumstances as inspiration. You know, the only thing that Jonah really missed the mark on there was placing himself as the prime mover, the actor, which turned his prayer into more of a performance. And next, when you pray, be honest with God. I mean, God knows the truth already. You're not going to fool him. But being honest with your prayers is good for yourself as well. You know, a lot of times we, 
It's hard to even be honest with ourselves. But in prayer is a great time to sort of work things through and to discover those kind of things for ourselves. And prayers don't need to be dramatic. God's not going to answer your prayers based on your eloquence. But at the same time, if you want to, by all means, you know, write poetry, be dramatic, if that's what, if that's what you want, if that is the expression of your, of your heart. But it's not a necessity. A prayer can be something far more simple and straightforward. And giving thanks, terrific. It is. But there's more to it than that in our prayers. Be humble. Get right with God. That's a chance to repent and to apologize and realize and understand and work through kind of where you fell short of the glory of God. Because yes, we all fall short. We all do. But the quicker that you sort of realize that and, and come to terms with it inside of yourself and, and pray for God's forgiveness, then the quicker you can get back and do that praise and thanksgiving. And then ask for, ask God for what you want. Ask for your heart's desire. Doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna get it. But God listens and God answers prayer. He does it on his own time and in his own ways. And asking for things in prayer often helps us to understand whether what we're asking for is really part of his will for us or not. So it's a good way to work through it. And you can pray anytime, every time, why wait until you're inside the belly of a fish to pray? Why not pray sooner? So here's how I like to pray. Early in the morning, I like to grab a, a cushion and go and sit in my walk-in closet on the floor I turn on a, a little lamp. It's got a, a full-spectrum LED, but not very bright, so it's a nice little light. And usually my cat, Butterscotch, will come and sit on my lap, so he'll pray with me. And I listen to some, some quiet music. And I just imagine that I'm having a conversation with God. I talk to God, God talks to me. Sometimes I write down what I hear, sometimes I don't. It's just a really nice time. In fact, I do drink coffee first to make sure that I don't just completely fall right back to sleep while I'm sitting there. But it's my favorite time of day. And I'm pretty sure it's Butterscotch's favorite time of day also. Now, I'm not saying that that's how you need to pray. You don't need to pray that way. You can pray however you like. But that's how I like to do it. Listen, God 
wants us to trust him and not put all of our trust into the things that we create. And God wants us to fear him, not fear other people or death or destruction. And of course, when I, mean, when I say fear of God, I mean awe and wonder, much more so than shaking in your boots about what might happen. And God wants us to love one another. Those are the important things. As I said before, we're in the season of Lent. And during this time, we're leading up to the time when Jesus made his sacrifice for all of us. Jesus gave up everything for us. And it's a good time for us to stop and think, what do we want or need or should lay down? How do we make way for God? As Paul mentioned on Thursday evenings, um, right here is some time set aside for quiet prayer. I encourage you. That might be a really good time and place and space for you to practice some of that, some of that quiet prayer. So what about me? Am I going to venture more out of my shark cage? What am I going to lay down? What am I going to answer? What calls? I guess we'll see. And what about you? What's God calling you to lay down or to pick up or to do in this season? Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for all that you do. Lord, help us to hear your voice clearly. Help us to open our hearts to your invitations. Help us to make our prayers about what you do. Make them honest. Make them straightforward. Make them effective. Help us to love and obey and to step up and to step out. Help us to seek you and honor you in prayer and indeed, thank you, Jesus. We pray in your name.